0: Real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self defense, weight loss, live from the Great 18. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox.
1: There now we're live. Unfortunately, I, everybody's waiting for us probably online, and just so everybody knows Rob and I've got some a lot of stuff in common. So we're sitting here chit-chatting like we're having coffee at Starbucks uh, before the show. And we're just, I thought we started. I was, I was like, ready? I'm not even gonna ask. We're just gonna go. All right, fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this is uh, this has been good. So we get to we'll, we'll get to spend an hour here together, and we'll talk a little bit about your what you do and your coaching and stuff like that. And I put it out there. So this is Rob Z and I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit more about what he does and stuff. And so uh, I'll let you take it away, Rob. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let's get ready
2: to rock and roll. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for having me here. It's an honor to be here. Great talking to you. Great to know you. Uh it, my my name is Rob Wentz, but my broadcasting name is Rob Z, right? I was in radio broadcasting for twenty years, adopted the name Rob Z. It just stuck, and I love the name. it's it's simple and it's catchy, and I, I stick with it. So um spent twenty years in broadcasting, a lot of time communicating with people, uh, understanding people, understanding how to ask the right questions, understanding how people tick, how they work. you know, I, I, it's something that came with me uh, came with the territory of my life of like not understanding myself. Not knowing how to speak to people, not knowing how to hold a conversation, uh, not necessarily not necessarily knowing who I was. And broadcasting taught me a lot of that unknowingly over twenty years. And uh, I started a coaching business about a year ago. And when I was leading into my coaching business, one of the things that I realized was I'd taken all these skills—my broadcasting skills, my communication skills—over the year years and. I really needed to apply that in a different service toward a a service way towards what god wanted me to do with my life so as i became a christian over the past six years um, i felt god calling me to do more to be more service based to really help people get through things that they need to go through and i adopted this this term which isn't mine but it definitely fits to me uh, making my mess my message, right? So the mess that was my life, the things that I had to work through helping other people get through those things. So I started a coaching platform called Lit Coaching. The Lit stands for Lead, Impact, and Transform because I feel like we really have to be leaders of our own lives. The term leader has been so misconstrued in our society and we have so few real leaders to look up to. I knew I had to be that for my life. I have a a son who's eight and a half years old. I knew I had to be that for his life. I had to be the man that I Needed to be for him to see. I I did not want to be the person that I was when he was born as he got older. I needed to grow and evolve and change. And that leadership concept really uh, sunk in deep with me. And then, impact, right? We have to make impact in people's lives, right? We have to go out into the world. And if we're going to be serving others, make an impact in their life. And we have to bring transformation because, you know, God wants us to transform, be renewed by the transforming of your mind. Like, it's so important that we transform ourselves. We change and, and look more like God as time goes on. So that, that's as far as like a mission goes. That is my mission. Um, and to help people get unstuck is another part of that, right? So I have a podcast called The Unstuck Movement. Uh, I had a podcast for like five years. I had like 400 episodes. and I just, I gave it up because it didn't serve a mission. It didn't serve a purpose. And I developed this idea because as I was coaching and as I was going through my own life, I was stuck at many different places. People that I work with are stuck. and I hear that word come up all the time. I'm stuck here. I'm stuck there. Well, if you want to get unstuck, first of all, you have to become a leader. You got to take personal responsibility. You have to lead your own life. You have to make sure that you're out there serving others, creating impact. And uh, if you make that transformation, man, you will get unstuck from those places in your life. But on that podcast, I love telling the story and I love having others come on and mark I really want you to come on and tell these stories of how people get unstuck so they're stuck at a certain spot whatever that might be in their life whether it's financially whether it's relationships uh whether it's addictions whatever it might be and they got themselves unstuck and what what was that process like and then what is their like what is their life like after they got from that stuck point like once you're unstuck man it's like you see the world in a whole different way and uh, we Continuously, I think throughout our lives can get stuck at different points and continue to have breakthroughs that take us to higher versions of ourselves. So, as far as like my mission with Lit Coaching, it's to uh, create vision for people's lives. You know, it is to give people clarity in what they're doing. It is to encourage people to take action, to have accountability for what they do, also to build community, man. Because community, as we've learned from the CLA and a bunch of the other groups that I'm in community is everything and you've got to have the right people around you building you up and you also pouring into their life that's that's so important so as far as lit man that's that's the idea and just to cap that off one more thing about it is the the lit logo has a fire in the eye like the dot of the eye is a flame right because we all have a fire inside of us we all god puts this fire inside of us and if we stoke that fire it grows and it affects other people in our lives right that's the holy spirit coming out of us so if we stoke that fire and a lot of people don't even realize they have this fire inside of them they don't they never tap into it they never pay attention to it they act like it's not even real but when you start to like pay attention to it it's like these gifts that god gave you and you've got to use those gifts to help other people you've got to use those gifts to serve other people that's why you have those gifts it's not to make money i mean that's that's something that will come along with it but it's it's not to show off. It's not to glorify yourself, right? But it's like, wow, I was given these gifts. I have to work and harness and 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 maximize these gifts so that I can serve other people and help them. That's yeah, I'm-
1: that's a uh, pow- powerful statements on there on on all those fronts. And so let me add, so you unpacked a couple of things here, so let me ask you about this. So you had a podcast that you said you had for over five years, you had 400
2: episodes of it what were you what was what was 400 episodes talking about so many different things so i was in radio at the time right and um i started the podcast just off my radio show and the podcast was like the concept was all the things i couldn't talk about on the radio either because i (laughs) you know would get thrown off the radio or i just wanted to talk about things more long form Uh, so i just talked about stuff that was in my head that I was interested in, I talk about on that show, then I'd also, I interviewed other radio DJs. Um, I started interviewing, I was reading books. So I started like reaching out to the authors and interviewing the authors of the books. Um, and then I started like my my ex-wife and I had episodes on there that we would do. Um, I would, my one friend and I love pro wrestling. So we'd have pro wrestling episodes. (laughs) It was like, it was all over the freaking place and it didn't make any sense. And I I got to a place with it. I got really busy in between Radio and this coaching career, I did digital marketing for five years, and during that digital marketing phase, I got so uh, busy with that, and I was spending so much time staring at a computer screen, and I became very like disconnected from who I was. I wasn't communicating the way that I normally did, Um, and I like kind of lost a part of myself. So I stopped doing the podcast for like a year and a half, and when I decided to start doing it again, I was like, I'm not going back to that thing. That thing. Maybe I'll put it on a uh, uh, a paid site at some point in time. At some whenever I grow to a certain place, if you want to hear my old stuff, you can go back and listen to these 400 episodes. Mm-hmm. You can have Adam all you want, but I'm leaving that part of me behind. I need to start something new. Yeah, it was. Inter- it's interesting that you say that.
1: How how that looks, and you know, well, right now everybody has a uh, right their new year, the new thing, the new what, whatever. Everything's new, yeah. and. You know, I'm not a big um, I'm not a big proponent of resolution type things. I am a proponent of goals. okay, and 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 I had asked myself this same thing even about this podcast. Where is this? Where where do I want this to go? And uh, do you have to have a certain niche in in order for it to do? Does it have to be rebranded a little bit? Right. Because I do the same thing. So there's times that I talk about, you, you know, myself. I'll it'll be by myself. There's other times that I interview and I started my podcasting just so my kids could have a legacy to look at. You know what I mean? That's the only reason I did it. So they can, love that. So they can have my great-great-grandkids I'll never meet say, you know, that was my grandfather right there. This is how he believed or this is what he did or yeah. whatever, that, whatever that looks like. And that's what I wanted. And then it just kind of took off because, you know, in my world, I just happen to know uh, a lot of people uh, probably just like you are. So it's interesting to see that you had something. And then you said, nope, I had to let that go because I have to, you know, whatever I have to rebrand because you do after a while have to find out, okay, is it, it is fun. I do. I like sitting and speaking with the hour with everybody, but uh, am I bringing content out there that everybody can, uh, use? And for the most part, I, I haven't had anybody that's not enjoyed the the podcasting as far as that, that goes, because now you can take this podcast that we do and and put it on your platform and learn a little bit more about you personally. Right. Yeah. And so I like that part of it. And when, so it was interesting to me that you said, okay, I, you know, I had to do this. I, I'm making a break. And I think that's probably because you're coaching, you're probably trying to to put your, your niche into your coaching and stuff. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. You're, but you're, you said that you had a radio show. So were you in the forefront of radio in front of the mic? Is that what you did? Yeah. I was like
2: the, the, the host, the DJ. So I, man, I hosted night shows, afternoon shows, middays, Then I did a, a morning show for about five years. That was right before I left. And, um, it was just so much fun. And I, you know, I, maybe I'll go back to it someday. Cause I love broadcasting. Like I really do love it. And I, to give you more insight into like why i rebranded and why i restarted over again over the past couple of years i know mean, god's really been showing me like my purpose like of what it is that i'm doing here on earth and i think that old version of me i was very purposeless like i i had lots of interest but i i didn't have a purpose for what i was doing i never even thought about that i never thought about goals i never thought about a vision um, these things that over the past uh six or seven years have become a big part of my life, I didn't have them back then. They weren't even on the radar. So I was talking about just all kinds of random stuff. And I kind of felt I mean, of course, yeah, it's good for branding for the coaching. Um, it's it's great to have a, a general theme for the conversation, but the theme means a lot to me. That unstuck thing means a lot to me because I was really stuck and that unstuck theme st- for me is like everything cuz i want i want to help people like if i have an avatar that avatar is me 10 years ago you know that avatar is me, this guy who had a lot of potential but just was not using it correctly or didn't even know how to seek it didn't even know how to find it um so <laughs> I'm talking about the radio show just what you asked about yeah the radio show was it was uh, uh, the morning show was the the most fun i ever had i hosted that for 5 years and it was just a blast man it was just having fun. I always would kind of compare it to Seinfeld on the radio. We would it was like a, a show about nothing. We would just talk about random goofy <laughs> stuff and laugh and, you know, just random subjects and get people to call in. And it was just, it was just fun, lighthearted, good time. I always, I thought like, you know, it's 6 AM. I hate being up at 6 AM, but I'm in the studio. I'm supposed to be having fun. So I'm going to have fun because somebody's driving to work and they're miserable somebody's driving in their car and they hate going to work and they just don't want to do this anymore. If I can make that person smile at 6am, then I'm that's a pretty cool job to have. And that's kind of how I looked at that. Yeah. So, so that, yeah, that sounds fun. So i like being in front of the mic, like a morning show. So was there music involved or no? Is it just kind oh, of yeah. talk? It was top 40. It was like CHR top, 30, uh-huh. uh, newer music. And th- th- I like that format because it was all pop culture. So I, First of all, I knew everything about pop culture, which I don't really know anything that's going on anymore. Um, but it, it, it gave me the opportunity to talk about life stuff a lot. Cause a rock station, you got to talk about a certain thing, you know, different stations, certain subjects. But I felt like in that format, I could kind of talk about whatever. I probably talked for like 10 minutes, an hour throughout each hour. So it was heavily music based, but also I was on there quite a bit.
1: Yeah, that's fun. You know, I got interviewed one time in a professional sit- setting in a talk radio show. They had me come in for uh, active shooter and 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 speaking on, uh, on women's self-defense. Right. And mm-hmm. and uh, that was a fun. That's when I realized, wow, man, real proper equipment goes a long way. I'll tell you that for a fact. <laughs> yeah, right. OK. And then you got somebody in the back, you know, kind of mixing everything. Right. And you got all these big screens and the queue and the this, and I'm like, man, this is freaking awesome. I want one of these in my house. Yeah, and, uh, funny. so that was, uh, that was fun, man, for sure. So that, yeah. Interesting that that's your background. And then, so the coaching part, you know, I'm sure life comes into play. So we talk about, about coaching And what so that's, you know, one of the, one of the things I've done to, for, podcast, for podcasting in itself is, right, As I ask the questions now, so I got different, you know, now that I have guests, I don't just say interview with so-and-so, you know what I mean? Because it's not as catchy to me, right? I'm like, like I had Justin on, right, and he lost 600 pounds. I was like, have you spoke to anybody that lost 600 pounds without surgery? And, and how much discipline that takes and what his life looks like and what that was. And so on yours, I put why coaching, right? Why we need it. And so I thought it's a good question being that this is what you're going to be doing. And, um, you know, the first question I asked is, did you have coaching yourself before you decided to coach?
2: Yeah, I, well, I had a, men- I've had a mentor for about four and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a big turning point for my life. So when I was doing digital marketing, um, I was listening to a lot of different people who were talking a lot about mentorships. And I'm like, man, I need to have a mentor. So I was just kind of like asking God, like, just bring somebody into my life. Like, I I don't know how to seek out a mentor. I'm not sure how to do that. Like, show me, show me a sign. Give me something. And my friend Jim this one day said, hey, this guy Ray's coming to talk about, uh, I, I was setting up a little seminar for him. Uh, he's going to talk about like some weird stuff, but I think you're going to like it. You should just show up. And I was like, oh, cool. I like weird stuff. I'll be there. So I was there. And um. Ray's in his eighties, he ran, uh, grocery stores for half his life. And the other half of his life, he was a business coach, but also he's like a, like a spiritual guru, um, leadership guru, mindset guru, just an amazing guy. And, and he gave his presentation and he, at the end of it, he said, I, I he wants to put together a mastermind group on the, the James Allen book as a man Thinketh. And I was like, I never heard of that book that sounds interesting. I've never been in a mastermind group. So I opted in. Uh, We went through like eight weeks in this book, which was mind blowing to me that like a book that that book is like 45 pages long. And we talked about it for eight weeks and we probably could still just keep talking about it because of how dense it is as far as the information that's in there. And um, after that mastermind was over, I said, Hey, Ray, would you mentor me? And he said, yeah. So he started mentoring me. Uh, and that went on for up until COVID, right? Then COVID, he almost died. Um, he had to get a major surgery and we stayed in contact through that. And coming back out of that, we just became friends, right? So Mm -hmm. as far as like a coach goes, he's been my coach for a number of years. We've become like really close friends. And I feel, man, he was put in my life because he has given me so much, wisdom that I don't know how I would ever gain other I stuff you have to live through. But like I said, we sit down every Thursday, Ray and I sit down every Thursday for two and a half or three hours and just talk. And he helps me with the business stuff. I'm doing the coaching stuff that I'm doing. Uh, we talk about life stuff, relationship stuff, spiritual stuff. So we read books and, um, that was my first real coach. So he's a mentor. Um, but then I found another lady, Peggy Caruso, who's also in the uh, connected leaders Academy. I was just talking to her before this call and she told me, I I went and did a podcast with her once and she said, if you ever, she had been a life coach for like 20 years. She said, if you ever want to be a coach, I think you'd be great at it. I would love to train you. So a year went by that was in July of 2020, uh, July of 2020 and a year went by my life was in turmoil. I was going through a separation divorce and I was not liking what I was doing with digital marketing I just felt totally lost. I just felt like, what the hell am I doing with my life? And I was like, I'm going to call Peggy and called her. And I'm like, I want to do this coaching thing. And the coolest thing about it was, man, that she, while we were, she coached me in person. She lives about an hour and a half from me. She coached me in person for seven months. But while she was teaching me coaching, she was coaching me. So she was helping me through this relationship, divorce situation that I was in. She was teaching me and training me in coaching like really developing me as a person while she was training me, it was phenomenal. Really a phenomenal. You should have her on. She's a wonderful lady. Um, awesome. Yeah, I, I think yeah, we'll reach out to her for sure. And it was just so cool. So as far as me having a coach, like yeah, I have I have a coach right now. I'm a part of Michael Faber's um, Unleash You platform, his mastermind. But then I have Peggy as a mentor. I have Ray as a mentor. I have an amazing therapist. So I have specifically one coach by definition, but a bunch of people in my life that like pour into me in different ways. And it's just meant everything to me. It's, it's been so transformational. I think that, um, I think that,
1: well, what do you, I'll tell you one of your qualities that you have. I mean, we, I think you and I hit it off because we have some, we have uh, some similarities in life. Right. But, um, you, you got this approachable type of, uh, vulnerability, you know what i mean and and uh so relatability i guess is another way to say it and so it's been it was been good to be able to you know go back and forth with you and 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 speak is you you know you and i've got to speak about some real personal stuff and, and and uh and i think coaching part of coaching is just pouring out your story and other people going wow there's somebody else that has been down the road and then when you find out your story isn't quite as brutal as what somebody else's was i i've spoke about this before you know i've told you before that <clears throat> through my divorce i had to do some anger management right cuz i'm already this type of a freaking you know off the chain uh dude okay i just always have been i just when i played football i'm just always like let's go right well, look, something are about you like, man
2: i can tell there's that type a, but there's also the other side of you too like it's yeah, a, you yeah like i do have a good
1: blend yes i have a teddy bear side for sure, sure man i have a compassionate side that and i love on on people that and you know I, i'm kind of a i don't know what what do you want to what do you want to call me you know like if you're being bullied uh i can't stand that you know what I mean? Uh, the, the people that are the most vulnerable in our society, uh, you know, uh, mentally, uh, not capable, uh, disabled, this uh, elders, I can't stand elders being mistreated, I guess. Cause I'm on one now, but, uh, <laughs> I'm the elder. You hope you don't mistreat. Uh, <laughs> and so it, it's just, it's always been that way with me. And I think that the coaching, the coaching part of me, um, was always there and I never so here's the truth Rob and the reason I think people need coaching and I've never kind of went out to like be a type of life coach I think because I have so many people I life coach anyway that have mo- own schools and stuff like that and uh, an organization uh, because I just have a lot of my story anyway right and so when I went down that road um, of finding coaching I didn't have a coach in junior high school that, you know, that would direct my life. And so I went Mm -hmm. in, I was in a very, I was in a Lutheran school and the coaching was good. I played sports. I mean, I I played all sports and, you know, I was very highly competitive type of guy, but then I went to Reseda high school, which I went from a, a school of this really small school of 20 people in my class to a public school, Reseda high. And I walked on the football field and, you know, Though that was that was brave enough as it is because I just didn't know anybody, you're right? I didn't know anybody. These guys have been playing football together forever, and I, I walked on the field and and it was a brutal. It was a brutal time for me. Um,
2: yeah, that'd be uh, really intimidating.
1: Yes, it was very intimidating. And then you're getting smacked around a little bit, and you're kind of the new guy. Nobody knows you. And I was like, man, this is a this is a whole turnaround. But then again, I didn't have that coach. That put his arm around me and said, "Hey, hey, I know you. Hey, I know you walked on. I know you, you know, and gave me that lift that I needed to go." It wasn't until martial arts that my instructor now gave me uh, some acclimates on on, "Hey, you can do this," you know, and and kind of curve me. And so I think that the coaching part, what what you have, and and you're gonna, you know, as you do life coaching. I went looking for this uh, myself, and I have a mentor, too. If I didn't have the mentor like you had, as a matter of fact, I did. His name's Terry Brumley. I just did uh, a thing with him three weeks ago. It's one that you should listen to. And cool. Well. he is my mentor. You want to know how I found him? See, ah. this is, see, you're a Christian, right? So God works in mysterious ways. And I was in the school. I had my hope in my school for six months, and I, I'm drowning. Right. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm cleaning pools on the side during the day. I clean pools at night. I am running the school and I started as a ministry. And then I decided to kind of branch down. I had enough families that came to pay rent. But man, rent doesn't cut it. Right. And I was everything. The janitor what was the
2: school. What, what was the school
1: for a martial arts school? So like, I opened what, what up my arts? first my first karate school. Right. Oh, OK. So I went from church. We grew really large there. And then I opened up and I said, man. I need a mentor. God, I need a mentor. And we were in Black Belt Magazine, a school of the month. They were doing the school of the month thing. And so I'm school of the month. And, you know, they come in and they make you sound bigger than you really are. Right. Give you a bunch of acclimates. And then the next week uh, I'm drowning. Right. And I'm like, God, God, you got to, you got to put somebody in my life because I'm good at teaching martial arts. I'm good at doing martial arts, but I'm not good at business, man. I don't know what I'm doing. and all of a sudden, the next week, Terry Brumley School is called Ta- Taekwondo University in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm reading through his thing. This guy owns his building. And I'm like, this guy is kind of coaching through his thing. And I'm like, hmm. I said, based on what I'm reading, he's a Christian. So I call up Terry and I said, hey, my name is Mark. I just read your er- article. I said, I'm drowning. And he said to me, we spoke for a while. I said, I feel like you're a Christian. He goes, I am. And he goes, I'll tell you what, you find your way out here, you'll stay at my house. And you stay here for 10 days and let me teach you the world of, of business and martial arts.
2: Oh, wow, man.
1: And I wrestled that money together. He let me in his home, stay in his kid's bedroom. Don didn't know me, doesn't know me for Jack. And took me from A to B, went in there, and he's still my mentor and coach today. You know, when I, when I'm relying on stuff and we were talking about what it was and that just this little thing he said to me on the, on the interview, this is how powerful coach is. this is what he says to me. He goes, yes, I'll take the acclimates of being your mentor and your coach. But the thing with you, Mark Cox is you put everything I said into play. You didn't question. You just did. Mm Hmm. And he goes, that's why you had me pour into you more and more and more because you just, everything I did, you soaked it up like a sponge and you did it. It was Mm -hmm. so easy, so nice to hear the compliment. And I got off that. Now tell me, as a coach, I got off that and I'm like, man, I don't realize the power that a coach has in the wording. And I don't find myself giving compliments out, you know, Unless they're well-deserved, you know, I'm not one of these patting you on the back. And every time, every day I see you, you're like, you're the, you're born to win. You are the master of the disaster. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm a coach. I'm going to tell you what you don't want to hear. Yeah. And you're going to either take it or you don't. How is your coaching? How do you, how do you apply that? You heard my story there a little bit.
2: How do you coach? How do you bring somebody up? What do you do? Well, from what Ray had taught me, right? Asking questions is everything. So this is. This has been really, it's been powerful for me for my own personal life, asking myself important questions, asking myself good questions. But really, when I'm in coaching, it's all about the questions that I'm asking. How am I leading that person to get the answer that they need to realize for themselves? I could tell them everything, but they need to say it to themselves. They need to ask themselves. They need to have the answers. They need to say those answers to themselves. So first and foremost, it is the questions. Asking, listening, active listening, and then asking the right questions, and then also, and this is something for me that um, I had to grow in. I'm still growing in, and I see the power in it when I when I'm doing it effectively. Is the self-reporting? So I'm not when I'm doing my best at coaching. I'm not telling anybody to do anything. They're telling me what they're going to do. And then I'm just there for them to report back to because that's how change is made. That's how people make change. You can't tell people to do stuff because when you tell them to do stuff, they, they might do it and it might work. Most of the time, though, they don't do it. And then they have somebody to blame because it wasn't their idea. So helping them come up with their own ideas for what they need to move forward and then being there to have them report those things back, right? So, especially now with my coaching, I'm really try to be as, and it's, it's hard to do because you want to give, I want to give advice. I want to help people. That's my goal is to serve people. But this is what Ray is trained. This, this is how Ray shaped my life and has like shaped my coaching is you have to let people do the reporting to you You have to ask the right questions. And then you're just there for them to give that back to you so that they can keep moving forward. Now, if they get stuck somewhere, of course, you then help guide them to those places, right? One of the best things that Ray told me, and this is something that I hold true to, and it might not sound like it applies to all coaching, but it does, that life is happening. Life is either happening to you or life is happening for you. So when I'm speaking to people, helping them see how these things that are so terrible, or they perceive as terrible, how they're actually happening for them. If something in your life is happening for you, then it's a gift that has been given to you so that you can see life in a whole new way. And that you can build the things because most of the time what it comes down to most of the time when it seems like life is happening to you. It's that if you decide to take personal responsibility for what's happening, you're in control of your own life. There are things that you could do that you're not doing that could remedy the situation that seems to be holding you back. So in a nutshell, my coaching, like I, I, I do really want to, I do encourage people and I do try to build them up as much as I can because I think especially guys get so little encouragement. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to blow smoke up somebody. Like I'm not going to like lie to them, but I am going to build them up in the sense that like, you know, you're worth it. We're all worth it. We're all, worthy and deserving of doing something great with our life. We're supposed to like life has purpose to it and helping them find that purpose is important to me. So I do definitely encourage, but um, when it comes to being hard on somebody, it's, it's that, like I just said, man, it comes down to the asking questions and then letting them, letting them walk that path, letting them report to me because I'm sure you're like this. I I mean, I don't know. You haven't said this, but I know you're like this, that if you tell yourself you're going to do something, you're going to do it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If somebody else tells you you're going to do something, you're probably not going to do it. Yeah, you can pop smoke for sure. (laughs) So that's it. Like if I can get somebody to tell themselves that they're going to do this thing and this is when they're going to do it, then my job is just to have them just to be there so they can report that to me, because that's how we grow. And that's, if you get somebody to start to do that intrinsically in their life, then I don't even need to coach them anymore because now they're their own coach because they've learned how to be responsible for themselves. And they've learned that if I come up with the plan, then I'm going to stick with the plan, you know, and that's self-esteem, right? So also speaking about that, so if somebody's not keeping these promises to themselves, why is your self-esteem so low? Why is your self-confidence so low? Why are you feeling like so defeated? It's because you're, you've are you created a bad relationship with yourself because you're telling yourself you're going to do something, then you're not doing it. So you're what kind of friend is that? If you had a friend, now this is something I do talk about often in coaching with people who struggle with this. And I still struggle with it. It's not like I don't struggle with it either, but it's good to have the reminder of always talking about it. That if you had a friend that made promises to you and then never followed through on the promises, you'd stop being friends with that person. Unless you also had low self-esteem, then you might have a codependent, miserable relationship together. But if if it's you, right? We don't think about this. If it's me breaking promises to myself, then that's when you start to like hate yourself because you don't like this friendship, this relationship that's going on with you. So helping people see that is, is so important. And that's often the biggest issue we're having is we're not keeping we know we're supposed to be living a certain way we know we know we're supposed to be doing things a certain way and we're not doing things that way we don't have any structure to our lives we don't have any vision for our lives we're not setting goals for our lives we don't have accountability for our lives um and those things just kill our self-esteem it just drags us down so helping people find that is i, I think one of the most important things that that i try to do as a coach yeah those are that so that's powerful what you're what you're coaching now do you
1: have do you have a niche that you look for coaching is it uh anybody looking for is it uh male based is it male female based what does your coaching
2: look like so as far as like my target of who i would like like i said it was like me eight to ten years ago somebody who was an entrepreneur in their business who wanted to do more but didn't know how to was maybe like excelling in their uh whatever company they were working for but they wanted to do it for themselves i think anybody who's like really excelling in a company like they're called to d- create something for themselves uh, so i'd love to work with entrepreneurs and then entrepreneurs who are on that path right so like i said i'm i'm fairly new into coaching i'm a year into this thing so i look at myself as like okay i've been building myself up i've been in personal development for myself for a decade, I, I want to find me who is trying to create something brand new. And this is how I vision my coaching, right? As I move on in my path, so say I'm five, 10 years in, that I, I want to find people who are, if I'm 10 years in, I want to p- find people who are five years in because I want to be able to help people work through what I worked through. And so right mm-hmm. now where I'm at, I want to help people who are ready to jump out of their business and create their own business. They're, they're ready to jump out of their corporate job or whatever it is and create their own job, or they've jumped into the entrepreneur entrepreneur space, but they're floundering. They, they haven't Correct. found their vision. They haven't found what they're doing yet. Um, those are the people I really do love working with and, and men uh, in particular, but I end up working with all different kinds of people. So that's my target. But um, I work with business owners. I work with moms who are trying to find purpose in their life. Uh, I, I mentor and work with some teenagers and college students because I also find tons of value there. Uh, I love being able to help them and bring them up. Um, yeah. So as far as my target goes, I do have a specific target, but I still find that there's so much value in working with all different areas in life. But as far as like, if I could help somebody find their vision, if I can help somebody learn how to take action and set goals and then help them find their community, the tribe of people they need to be with and build their own community. That's who I really love to help because those elements for me have meant everything to me. So, let me ask you this then. So, you know, cuz I cuz you know, part of the podcast is to, to to
1: get you, you know, get your story and stuff out there on what you do. Do you find How do you find clients? Are you finding that there is people that are looking for the coaching or are you, do you find that when you get a client, they're like, I had just heard, I've never thought about a life coach before and I had just heard something say, and then it, this kind of clicked because in this realm, Rob, I mean, I was very transparent with a lot of people, right? I have to I have to have a real vibe with somebody if I'm going to take the information in. You mm-hmm. you you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in 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 my world, right? So law enforcement, my military guys. It was so yes, being on the, in law enforcement for a while is one thing, but when I went to a military base, I didn't wear the uniform and I had to get and I had to and I, and I remember saying to myself, how am I going to relate to these guys? I haven't chewed the same dirt as them. Now I've got to go in there and teach them some, some weapon stuff, right? So, you know, I did is I picked the biggest and baddest boy in the room, and I demonstrated it on him.
2: Because
1: mm. I felt if I can get his respect, I'm going to get the room's respect. And that's what I did. And now him and I are the best of friends now. Matter of fact, he's our lead defensive tactics trucker in Krav Maga on the East Coast. Um, this 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 soldier, this this you know, I mean, this is a ranger. This is a, a bad one of our bad boys, right? And uh uh and him and I are the best of friends now. But I remember um myself, I'm like, and these guys aren't gonna, you know, they're not gonna listen. You know, I got a little leg up because I did some law enforcement, but I haven't chewed the dirt and I haven't had zinging over my head and all this other kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Watching my friends get blown up and shit mm-hmm. like that. And, uh, and so that's what I, that's what I did, but I went searching for the coach and a mentor. Mm-hmm. Do you find that's where your clients are? Are they searching or is it sometimes they just kind of heard and said, I wonder if, because is a, listen, I, I'm telling you right now, man, there's a broad thing of like coaching, right? It's like, yeah. man, you get bombarded with so much right that it's hard to go okay where where do i direct myself okay or is it word of mouth or is it somebody looking for us say hey man i got a good friend his name is rob z he does this live coaching i think that you should
2: give him a call see if you're a fit it's some of that so it is some referral based a lot of the people that come to me specifically and want coaching have started their own business. This is something I found repeatedly. It's a mom thing too. I've a, a decent amount of moms who come to me who, you know, they either have kids that just left the house or they are they have young kids and they feel like they have to like make their mark. They want to create a business. They want to create something. Here this is so this is really I think what it is, man. Most of the time the people who reach out to me are trying to create a business. They're in the early stages of, or have just created something and they're trying to grow it. Right. And for example, like one woman that I was, I work with, uh, she what is, is getting her certification to do group fitness. And she started a group fitness school. Another lady is an event planner and she has an event planning school. Another guy I work with uh, has a junk removal company and he's in the early, well, the first couple of years of starting this junk removal company. Uh, So there's a bunch of different walks of life where people are stepping in. But what I see is what I hear is they want to start something and they want to grow something for themselves. But the truth behind that is what what is behind that? Because that's the real key of of figuring out what is behind this thing. They want to they want to find their own thing. They want to create their own business. They're trying to develop as a person. And this is this is my journey. And this is why I know what this is. I didn't know. The reason I wanted to jump out of my radio job to start my own businesses is because uh, w- because God was calling me, first of all, because God wants you to grow. God wants you to change. God wants you to evolve. God needs you to learn. And God used you, you to go through challenges. And I think we're, as, as we might be afraid of challenges, we need them. And we don't know that we need them, but we need them. So we're like, Doing these things, the people that I work with, it seems like they're they want to create the business, they want to do this, that, and the other thing. But behind it, and what always comes up is always personal stuff. It's all these personal roadblocks they're dealing with that is keeping them from getting to be the person that they want to be. So building that business is going to help them become the person they want to be because it's going to help them be independent. It's going to teach them a lot of personal development lessons. A lot of there's a lot of things they need to learn, just like you and I. A lot of things we need to learn as we go through building these things. So the personal side of it is everything. So when I do coaching with people, um, oftentimes the topics that we talk about, they are business related, but it's all personal development driven. Mm-hmm. And as I have people come to me, like I said, man, it's usually, yeah, it's usually somebody who's trying to create something new or, uh, somebody refers somebody, um, but in that case, when somebody's referring somebody else, uh, they're going through something in their life. And, you know, thinking about that situation, too, most of the people that get referred to me, they are in the midst of starting something new. Now, sometimes it's relationship, but I hear it so often. And when I hear the stuck thing so often, mm-hmm. it is. And I don't know if it's like because our culture right now pushes entrepreneurship so much but so many people want to be entrepreneurs they want to be independent they want to have either a side hustle or their own business that is their thing but behind that thing is like i need i need more challenge in my life i need more growth in my life and that's the i think the best way to get it now also following god right and getting getting closer to god that's also like talk about the ultimate growth path that you can go on Correct. So i i don't i don't push my beliefs on anybody, but it's easy to talk about um, the the, the biblical. It's easy to talk about biblical beliefs without ever saying the words. So, uh, oftentimes, I'll ease my way into that. Uh, but I just find that people are to answer your question, people are searching to grow. They really want to grow, and oftentimes, they're looking to to grow a business. And behind that is they need. They need to be more themselves. They want more out of themselves. They want more out of life. They're searching for like purpose in life and meaning to what they're doing. Yeah, that's good. That's, yeah, that's really good. I think that, uh, for
1: myself, yes. I think that because, um, even, even before I met you and stuff like that, I had been searching now for the next level of stuff that I want. Right. Yeah. I mean there's a lot of people out there that, that, uh, can do things right. So the podcasting thing, you know, that's, that's the first thing I went after, right. Um, how do I grow this and how do I, how do I, is it time to monetize? Is it time to make things more with it or is it just going to be a hobby? That was my, that, those were my questions for 2023. Yeah. I'm going to keep it a hobby or am I going to take it to the next level? What are you going to do? Well, I think because I wrote a book now that I'm going to take it to the next level. Right. And so I have to hone the skills in on, on, you know, this is just a, a whim. I just think that I have a natural ability to tell stories and, and to communicate. It's just because I've been on the mat for, for 40 years. I've taught, if I get on the, on the martial arts
2: mat, I'm, it's it's gold I, I don't have a problem getting in front of big groups of people and talking well and... think about martial arts too this this is something i was going to include man because it's so important i've been taking you and i talked before i've been taking jujitsu for two and a half years right and i didn't realize when i got into jujitsu jiu- what i got into it for because i didn't know the personal growth that was going to come from it right, and the life true. lessons dude the life lessons are insane the stuff you learn <laughs> on the mat like in jujitsu it's so <laughs> insane What it, like. I've gained so much wisdom from jujitsu that I never would have guessed ever would have happened. So as I look back and I'm like, wow, man, I got into this thing because I wanted to like learn how to choke somebody out. That's right. And I knew I needed to have like, I wanted to have like some tough guy friends, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but then through that, I'm like, I'm like gaining all of this personal wisdom of discipline and of, you know the simple stuff is the most important stuff doing the same thing over and over again the, the doing the the fundamentals over and over again is better than like knowing all this other crap it's like getting really good at a specific thing or um well mentorship jujitsu is crazy for mentorship too oh, right cuz you're constantly sure. i'm a blue belt so i'm i'm constantly helping white belts but there's also purple belts and brown belts who are constantly helping me and we're in competition, but we're cooperating. And I love that concept too. Cause when it comes to business and entrepreneurship and life, like you need to be in competition, but also cooperating. It's a fun balance. And when you find the right people that you can roll with, like in business, like you can roll with in jujitsu, when you find those people, they push you, but they're working with you. And I find that like yourself, CLA people in these, these groups, that's what that is. I feel competitive with them, but I also collaborate with them and cooperate. It's like a really great balance. And and um that to me has been like one of the biggest things that that jiu jitsu has taught me. Oh, jiu jitsu. So I've been doing it for my
1: martial arts I've been doing it for I told I got my black belt in 1987, my first one. Okay. So I started in 1982, right? Is in my training. And then I got my first black belt in 1987 in Taekwondo. And then that's when I decided that hey, I'm going to do this for a living because I got into martial arts because I was already kind of a tough dude. I was bullied, you know, and uh, I wasn't a jolly, fat kid back in the day, man. You 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 open your mouth and I'm going to shut it. That's just my was my that's that's how I got through things because it's just that's just what worked for me. Yeah. So I thought it worked. And then I thought, well, I'm gonna, you know, my brother's the one that got me into it. And I said, well, this is uh, I said, I'll get in there and get in fighting. Man, I'll tell you, I found out I wasn't the baddest boy in the room right out of the gate. I mean, this is the blood and guts era of karate that I went through you know, okay. in the 80s. Okay. This was like knuckle punches and fight class was, you know, this is how you learn how to fight. You showed up and this if like you were a pussy, sport. that's right. If you were a pussy, you wouldn't come back the next week. All right. That's <laughs> right. just the way it was. Right. Uh, the ones, the tough guys are the ones that continue to come all the time every Friday. Right. And we just left bloodied. Not the best teaching, but definitely, you know, who the tough guys were in the room or who we thought were tough. And then I went into Krav Maga also, so I, you know, I have I have a very high rank in 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 Tongsudo. and then Krav Maga I've been doing that now for 22 years, and and I've really, it was a very self offense art, man. You get in there, you get dirty, and you get after it. Then I've been doing jujitsu for a long time, but I'm not serious because I didn't have the right coach. Then Sergio comes along. I had blood clots and uh from an injury. I've almost died, right? Two blood clots here about three years ago. Mm. And this is when I had to make some decisions. Hey man, I'm gonna lose 110 pounds. And that's what I did. And then I couldn't I'm on blood thinner, so I can't take contact to the head. And that my stand-up fighting, I couldn't do it. I felt like less of a warrior than this jujitsu comes around. And I'm like, I found my warrior purpose again because I can get on the mat and get after it and not worry about getting punched in the head. I might take a couple licks here and there, but not nothing sure. like a fight, right? And so, yes, and then the life lessons, right? So I'm 61, and you would think that. I'd never guess you're 61, by the way. No, really? Yeah, man. Yeah. And so I'm getting after it with these guys, and I'm like, okay. Then I'm, I am I earned a purple belt right in in 2023. I'd been a blue belt forever, 10 years, but just dabbling. Then I realized how much I didn't know and then our coach Sergio, right? He's a cop. He's a combat ranger. and he's a world champion. But he has a mindset. And then the lessons of jiu-jitsu came around just like you said. Because when you're in jiu-jitsu and someone's trying to choke the shit out of you, you either find a way out or you tap out. That's just there there you got two options. Mm-hmm. And you got the same thing in life. You either find a way or tap out. One of the two. So you tap out in, in order to reassess and re go, or you tap out just because you couldn't handle the pressure. Yeah. There's two types of tap out, right? The ones that there's so much pressure that you just you can't handle it anymore and you and you and you go that you have to. There's just no way you're gonna I snap your arm or whatever you're gonna do, you're gonna go to sleep. And those are the lessons, right? When you're in these predicaments on on what jujitsu taught me, it's taught me more business lessons than I ever thought ever. What happened? And tell me you don't use that in your coaching. Hey, listen, I mean, I'm the jujitsu jitsu man, and this is, and I find myself thanking God for that lessons so much, and as far as martial arts goes, and I think that's what's going to make you an awesome coach too, because people don't have to do Jiu-Jitsu to listen to the stories of Jiu-Jitsu or, uh, or martial arts in general, mm. right? Yeah, because it's about discipline. And if you can get people to be disciplined in life, their mindsets will change. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it goes. And uh, <laughs> and the other thing about jujitsu—tell me this isn't true about coaching, right? Or who you coach? In order for you to them to be uh, get anything from you, they're going to have to show up every week, correct, and right. have a conversation with you. Right. You don't get good at jujitsu by not coming. <laughs> you don't get you don't get good at jujitsu or Krav Maga by not going by reading a book or watching YouTube. You can watch YouTube till you're blue in the face. But until yeah. you got another man that's going to push you or woman. Trust me, I got some badass women up in here oh, yeah. and uh, that are going to push you or some little people. All of a sudden, I'm this big old guy and I'm like, I got this little wiry dude just jumping all over me like a spider monkey. And, uh, you know, and they got these little skinny ass arms and up all of a sudden it's around your neck. And you're like, oh, man. I just made a major mistake right here. Yeah. And uh, and so these are the lessons I think that's going to make you more, uh, even more powerful. But people
2: do have to show up, correct? They have to show up. Definitely. But they, and they have to be challenged. I think that's another lesson from jujitsu is that you can show up to jujitsu and not challenge yourself. You can roll with the same people all the time. Pick the mm-hmm. white belts, pick guys, you know, you can beat and like just kind of skate through. You're not going to learn anything. Like, you're going to actually get a misconception of how good you actually are. So, I think that's another lesson, too, is like to constantly be challenging yourself. Because I I love that about the jujitsu. When you're in the room, you know, I could, when you're just rolling, I could pick the guy I roll with all the time. I could pick a new white belt and show him a couple of things, or I could go over to the brown or black belts and just get my ass handed to me. That's correct. And I'm going to learn some stuff. Like, the higher I challenge myself, the more I challenge myself. So, Another thing I think that's huge, too, is pressure. I never I I never knew what it was like to suffocate. Like, like when you're like when you're in like when you're inside control on the bottom against somebody and they're just crushing you and you feel like you can't breathe. Like, I'm not even being choked, but I feel like I'm going to pass out and then learning like, oh, I just need to freaking relax and breathe and just be smart about what I'm doing and I can get out of here that's such a life lesson like because it feels oftentimes in life like like i was just telling you about this facebook situation my facebook's hacked (laughs) and they're pulling money from my paypal account and i'm like so pissed i'm Mm -hmm. so mad and i'm like getting so overwhelmed by the whole thing and you went through it too so i'm sure you know what i'm talking about i let it like overwhelm me and i was just i just threw my hands up and like just screw it just forget it and then I was like, no, I just need to like chill and take it step by step and it'll work itself out. I just need to like pay attention to it and work my way through it. And that's very much a lesson from jujitsu of like, right. When I feel like I'm about to suffocate and I can't breathe anymore, I just need to breathe and then slowly do what I can to get myself out of that situation. Um, and another great lesson I was thinking while you were talking was that. uh Oh, dang, I lost it. It was it, because there's something in jujitsu that really. Mm, I can't think of what it is right now, damn, but I gave you one. So that was a good one. <laughs> well, I think that pressure is it, man.
1: And, and, yeah. you know, that's my game. I get somebody in side control. I'll try and make it, I'll try and, you know, make it so they can't breathe. Yeah. And, it's uh, hell. you know, and, and it's weird, right? So my instructor, um, my instructor, he's a you know, he's smaller, right? Smaller in stature, but I'm telling you, when he lays on you, oh my god, it feels like he's a thousand freaking pounds, right? And uh, it's just like, oh, you oh, say he's, a, he's uh, all the and the and the pressure that you're put under and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that it's going to make you even a better coach on mm. on the lessons that are learned on the mat. I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't find anything right now that is more. More challenging for myself right so in 2023 so i tried last year i i i went into a couple tournaments but man it's very hard to find super heavyweight uh competitors my it was very hard to find 60 year olds that want to do any competing
0: Mm -hmm. okay
1: because they're just like over it yeah and so i'm like i got to try this one time i've got to get in front of somebody else and test my skill yeah so in 2023, so I'm going to try and drop down to heavyweight. That's what I'm going to try and get into, and then I think I'm going to go into the 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 masters rank of the 50 year olds. Nice. There's some bad, there's some bad boys in the 50 year old divisions and purple belt division. All right, it's it's not a joke. I mean, these guys could be been doing this thing for 45 years. You know, you just don't, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, you know, these older guys are, you know, my biggest thing is having knee replacements and stuff is starting in the stand up position, right, or just kind of pulling guard and stuff like that. I don't. I don't like to play the stand-up game very long because that's that's where my weakness is, but um, because of injuries. But yeah, trying to find somebody, but I have got to try and test my skill. And uh, I, I think the other thing in 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 is to let ego go. And I'm gonna I'm sure you find this in men, Rob, especially anybody that comes in. And first first of all, when to come into a martial arts school and put a white belt on, and you are in in, in high regards in your what you do maybe a doctor maybe a director in hollywood i mean you're the man when you walk into your work you are it and when you come into this world you ain't shit right you got white belt lives don't matter bro okay and uh it's intimidating so intimidating and then all of a sudden you're getting crushed and then you're getting crushed by these you're trying to be all this macho and then the more macho you are, the more crushed you get, right? It's just a weird phenomenon, right? And then all of a sudden, you got Man. women choking you out, right? And, you're just, <laughs> yeah. and your male ego can't take it. You're like, "What the frick is going on?" And, uh, um, and so you either your ego is going to allow you to learn, or you're gonna you're gonna quit, right? That's the next thing in jujitsu, right? Um, am I am I coming with a clean slate? Am I coming here to learn, or am I coming here? kind of with a chip on my shoulder, arms across, I'm going to kind of listen to you, I'm going to kind of not, and I think that in, in, in the coaching world, I've, I've seen this so many times as, as a martial arts instructor, okay, I've been challenged as the, as the instructor, I can tell you as I've gotten to be an older martial artist, I can feel like even my own students that's been with me for 30 years, you know, it's funny, I'm here, and I've had kids with me here, now, even my own son, my 30 year old son, man, he you know, he's 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 a force to be reckoned with. You know, I'd have to I have to pull a dad card on him every once in a while to be beating his ass. But uh, right. And so I'm I'm here and I, I I get this much better and my students are doing this. And then all of a sudden we're here. And I have students now that become my workout partners hmm. and become peers over me just being, you know, sensei. 'Cause I'm I'm getting after it with them every day. Yeah. Right. Because I'm not rolling with the sixty year olds, man. I want the thirty year old freaking uh combat marines that uh are are not gonna are are not gonna give two shits about giving me their best. Yeah. I'm not I'm not about playing daddy. I, I want you to put me to work, pressure me, and can I still handle the pressure at, at my age?
2: Right. Right. That's awesome.
1: That's what I like. Love that. I, I, I thrive on it. And and I got some bad boys in here, boy. And I'll tell you what, that's the next thing about jujitsu. I don't care what color that belt is. White belts can be very dangerous. Blue belts can even be more dangerous because now they have a little bit of knowledge. Then Mm -hmm. purple belts, like myself, will try stuff. You know what I mean? And then you're kind of looking at that black belt going, man, they do things so effortlessly. Man, they have honed a
2: craft. That's why it takes 10, 15 years to get a black belt. It's the 10,000 hours. It's it's in everything you do. It's really interesting. The 10,000 hours is so interesting because... Like broadcasting, right? So I, I have probably twenty thousand hours or more in broadcasting. So it just feels so effortless. I love to do it, and it's just I'm, I don't even really have to think about it half the time. Which not like I shouldn't. I should think about it and plan it, but like it's just fun. I just love to do it. So jujitsu the same way. Yeah, you roll with somebody who's a black belt. It's like wow, man. They're not even. <laughs> did they even take a breath yet. <laughs> That's like right. it's like they're. <laughs> I mean, I mean that like uh, they don't, they don't even sweat, <laughs> they don't even seem like they're struggling, and I'm like a pool of sweat dying over here. It's so it's so wild, but but I lo- I love that because I think to myself, okay, Rob, why are you not in business, right? Why are you not where you want to be in business yet? Well, you've only had your own business. You had a digital marketing company for five years. You've had your coaching company for a year. You're not there yet. It's not so so I feel it gives me like some breathing room of right. Like, right. I don't have my 10,000 hours in yet. I don't have 10,000 hours of sales calls. I don't have those things that I know when I, when I'm, when I'm around somebody who's like just killing it, I'm like, right. What, what did they do to get there? They put that time in, they put the work in. And oftentimes you don't see that you don't see those things happen. Um, which is awesome with you and the podcast, right? Man. Cause you've been doing this for a while. How long have you been doing mm-hmm. your podcast for? This will be this is my fourth season now coming up. So So. like you're saying right now, you're talking here at the beginning about you wanting to create like a a, more of like a vision or a purpose for it. Or like, how are you going to kind of look at it in a new way in 2023? I think this that's I look at my podcast, right? That was 400 episodes. It was like five years. And I got to this place of like, like, I know that I love doing this but I don't know what I'm doing it for. So I think it's like that natural progression as you put time in. Podcasting's fun. It's a blast. Like it's really, that's why I would just talk about whatever on my podcast because I just like to get (laughs) on a microphone and just talk about (laughs)
0: stuff
2: and have conversations with people. But then I'm like, damn, there's got to be more to this than just me chit-chatting. But yours is, there is more to yours because you are talking to influential people and you're Mm -hmm. talking about important subjects and things like that. So it's not, it's not like it's nonsense. Like there's definitely purpose to it. Well, I think there's, yeah, I think that there, I definitely have purpose. Like when I have people on for sure. And
1: a lot of these questions, believe it or not, I tell people all the time, well, how do you come up with questions? I said, I don't write questions out before I do it. I kind of let them talk. And then I hear certain things and I'm then I'm going to kind of elaborate on that. And then most of the time <laughs> it's something that I am inadequate in my own life, to be honest with you. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm asking selfishly questions, right? Okay. Oh, I've struggled with this, this and I'm a pretty transparent guy. I mean, I'm not, um, uh, you know, my vision of, of, I, I, I shouldn't be writing a book. I never, I never graduated any college. And, uh, you know, people told me, uh, when am I going to get a real job? When I had a martial arts school and
2: all this kind of stuff. And Isn't that funny today like, you're out there what? teaching people how to, how to kill each other how, when right. you're going to get a real job. Like, talk right. about one of the most important things to learn how to defend yourself. Right. And so I, I hit, it, it hit me so hard. And then people that know
1: and love you the most are usually your biggest critics. Mm. And then I tell everybody, you're not big until you – you're nobody until you're somebody. Mm-hmm. And then when you're somebody, everybody wants to do it. Nobody wants to, you know, put that – Put that faith in you. And then today, you know, so I have 700 black belts underneath me now, including tying a belt around President Reagan and John Wooden. Get out of here. okay? I gave honorary black belts to President Reagan in his office on the east wing. And I gave
2: an honorary. Did he did he take martial arts? So here's how
1: here's the story of President Reagan. Okay, I put this in my book. I have a uh, I have a black belt. His name's E.C. McSweeney. It's just me capitalizing on something. And EC and I were very close. He's a surfer. He's my age. We were just talking one time. And I said, so EC, tell me about your family. And he goes, oh, my, my sister is married to uh, Reagan's chief of staff. Wow. I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, she's married to his, the, his Mr. Reagan's chief of staff. And I'm like, huh. I said, what do you think uh, President Reagan would take an honorary black belt? <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, well, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Can we go to his office, tie a black belt around his waist?" I mean, who who else who else could we give a better thing to than President Reagan for an honorary black belt?
2: How is that for business,
1: right? And so, it's it's well back then, man. People were like, "Well, even like yourself right now i i I don't know the auspiciousness of it until you kind of reflect back, right? And so. He asked his sister and the chief of staff went to president Reagan and they okayed it. And so I'm like, no way. So at the time I was married right. And then I, Michael, my oldest was like two or three years old and I'm getting ready and we gave the chief of staff an honorary black belt also Smith. And then we're escorted in by secret service into the president's and I'm, I'm walking into his office barefoot in uniform <laughs> Right. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm walking into President Reagan's office and he is just this totally cool cat. Right. And he really takes to my son. And, you know, he's given this yo-yo to my son and a couple other things. And I have a couple of things that President Reagan gave me that day and we just spoke a little bit. And I said, you know, black belt, this is what it means. And and I, I couldn't think of a better leader to tie an honorary black belt around. And then he goes, well, OK, you're going to have to show me how to punch or something before we do it, man. What a chopper. What do we do? And so we're just kind of doing that back and forth. And then I told him, I said, President Reagan, you're going to be. Um, I said, I'm going to tell you something. But your your son, Michael Reagan, used to go to the same church I do at Rocky Peak. And I taught your grandchildren martial arts. Wow. And he goes, no way. And I go, I did. I said Michael Reagan used to bring his kids up and when I was teaching at the church and uh Secret Service would be up in there, but I, I taught your grandchildren. And he's like, No way. And so we just had this this time. And I've got all those pictures of of me and, and and President Reagan and my son, you know, grabbing him, trying to pull him down. And I've I've just recently, when my son got married a couple few years ago, I gave him a shadow box of everything that Reagan gave him that day. I kept it for him a pen, a yo yo, different things like that. But, yeah, I got to put I, – I got to put a black belt around President Reagan's waist.
2: How cool is that, man? I yeah. hope he never walked into a school hoping he had some skill, though. That'd be a <laughs> <laughs> He was thinking. a cool
1: – listen, he was a cool cat. We talked a little bit about his leadership you know, and what a black belt is and this non-quit, non-non yeah. – non, and, you know, he I, – I wish – see, back then I didn't have the phones like it could. We didn't have it recorded. We had a lot of still pictures, but mm. – I'm like, God, I wish I had that recorded, man. I can't give me anything to listen to his words of wisdom that he gave me. Because the same thing happened with John Wooden. When I got to give Coach John Wooden uh, from UCLA, the the coaches of coaches. Yeah. He was awesome. I mean, he enjoyed getting a black belt so much. But afterwards, he goes, okay, listen, you can ask me anything you want as a coach. And I did. I said, I got a question. I got a, I got it." we're just sitting together by ourselves at the table. I said, coach, how do you take somebody that has super skill. I mean, you've coached some of the best basketball players in the world. How do you take somebody with skill and give them heart? Mm. I says, cause I got some of the most skilled people, but their heart sucks, man. Hmm. And he goes sometimes, and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, sometimes son, you got to give them a pat on the shoulder. And sometimes you got to swat their ass. And I was like, Oh shit. And right. I was like, that is some good advice, right? He just didn't, you know, because you're all that doesn't mean you're all that is yeah. what he was, he was doing. But those are those couple things in, in
2: my world that was just like, wow. Yeah, that's really good. Right. That, that, so, that goes back to the, I was talking, I talk a lot about the growth versus fixed mindset. And a lot of people are, are born with some amazing gifts, but if they don't have a growth mindset, those gifts, those gifts don't really mean anything. They'll get them somewhat far but the people who have the growth mindset it doesn't matter if they have a gift or not man they're just going to work that thing until it becomes ingrained in them and they're like just a beyond an expert at it because they want to continue to learn they want to continue to grow they believe in the potential of others they believe in the potential of themselves and, and any great leader right you were saying earlier about quitting um i forget exactly how, what we were talking about but it was like you know you can you can either quit and just you quit tap, or you yeah. can quit to like start over and do something. Right. New. You
1: can, you're right. You're either going to tap out. You're going to either find a way you're going to tap out because you quit or you're going to tap out so you can regroup.
2: My thought is, and I like, there's no option in me of tapping out like as far as with what I'm doing. I, and so I try to wrap my head around that. Like, cause I, cause I, I, I was stressed out. A few months ago, my mom goes like, well, why don't you just quit? And I'm like, well, I, what am I going to do then? Like, What the hell am I going to do? Go get a job somewhere. So I think that that's one of the things, and going back to my coaching, right? Seeing people who want to create something with their life. Once you start to create the thing and you start to look at life in a new way, you start to form your life in a new way and change your mindset, leaving that behind and going backwards is like I couldn't imagine I could not imagine going and getting a job somewhere right now Mm -hmm. I would lose my mind that's correct (laughs) absolutely because I just I love even though it's difficult I love being able to create my own thing being able to create my own day being able to like if my son is off school I he can just hang out with me for the day. I might have to do some work, but he can just hang out because I'm here at the house, like just, just here. And I get to have these conversations, right? If I had a freaking job, I couldn't come on a podcast at noon on a Monday. Like it's just not something you could do. Like so no. I, I just I look at that situation of like, well, what's the alternative? Why would you quit? Why why stop trying to get better? Why stop trying to create something amazing with your life? And I I, I know we're going to wrap up here, but I wanted to say this because I was thinking about this earlier. Like in the Bible, you don't hear about people having jobs. Back in biblical times, people didn't have jobs. They had careers. They had occupations, right? Everybody had like an occupation. Like they did a certain thing. Now there were slaves, right? And there were like merchants, but there weren't jobs. People had their own business. And I think this is the The most difficult part of society and something I've had to unlearn over the past six years, I've had to unlearn that job mentality of getting the paycheck of, oh, I can come in today and just kind of screw off because I'm still getting paid. But when you eliminate that and you create your own thing, now it's on you. So no longer are you really, you can screw off, but that means you're not going to have any money and especially right. when you start thinking about the service aspect of it. Now if I'm a, if I'm able to serve people and I'm I feel like I'm called to serve people if I'm screwing off all day long am I still serving people? Am I, what am I doing in that day that's helping somebody? And I just I think about the whole culture we have been, we've had we've been raised under are these these jobs that we have and these jobs are nonsense. Like a lot of jobs are nonsense and and you might be really skilled in your job and you could probably take that job, whatever it might be, and you could go create your own thing out of it. But I think God created us to be creators. He gave us a creative mind because we are supposed to create things on our own. This world is built up and um, it thrives because of entrepreneurs. Without entrepreneurs and people going out and creating their own things, none of this stuff would be here. So if you're just working a job, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing to work a job. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying you need to have purpose to what you're doing. You need to have a vision for what you're doing. And if you do that, eventually it's going to pull you into a brand new part of your life that uh, you could never imagine otherwise if you're just going to work every day and mindlessly collecting a paycheck. Uh, so I just I feel like there's so much importance in that. And uh, I've learned that. So that's something I do like to really instill in people that I work with or talk to is... You never know what your potential is if you don't challenge yourself. And so many people are, they're dying for it. They don't even know they're dying for it, but they're dying for it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's good. I think we can end on that. So Rob, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know what your website is, where they can reach you. uh, And uh, if they're looking for, for exactly that kind of coaching, what you're looking for. So go ahead and give everybody your, so we what the website
2: is leadimpacttransform.com. All my information's on there uh, about coaching. My mastermind group's on there. Also, uh, Michael Faber just checked in and said, let's go. What's up, man? <laughs> what's up, Mikey? Mike? Mike? Up, Mike? <laughs> I get to see him. I want to pull on that beard a little bit. Right? You know I mean? <laughs> we're, we're, we'll all be together this weekend, I guess. Yes, Coming we up. are. I'm yeah. flying
1: out. I'm flying out. I'm going to go in early. I'll be there. I'm leaving Wednesday morning at 545 a.m. Cause I'm gonna go with Emilio. He's gonna pick me up from the airport. I'm gonna go do the Rocky Steps, even with a bum knee and a, a fake knee. I said I'll I'll hold on to your shoulder, uh, and get you get get my way up there. So <laughs> awesome, dude! That's so, so
2: cool. When are you guys when are you guys doing that? What day?
1: Uh, Wednesday late afternoon.
2: Wednesday. Okay.
1: Cool. That'll
2: be that'll so, be fun.
1: Enjoy. Yeah. That. So I'm gonna be oh. there. So I'll be there. So I if you're gonna be there, yeah. So you, well well you and I will make sure that we have some. Some coffee time and stuff together for sure, man. Definitely. Because, uh, uh, and a matter of fact, bring your uniform because I'm bringing my uniform. If you want to get it, you want to get a workout in a little bit, let's, 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 oh, let's really? Do it. Okay. Yes, yeah, I'll bring my gi, yeah, man. Yeah, bring your gi because I i already told uh, a couple of other ones that I'll do, I'll teach a martial arts class. Uh, um, maybe we can get Faber in there because he needs a little bit of self defense. He says he's a, he's, a, he's a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> I think that we can, we can uh, banter go. him around. He looks like the tough guy, though, right? With the beard and the whole yeah. line, right? Let's, I think get, let's probably, get
2: unleashed in there, Mike. Right, Come on, let's bro. Let's go.
1: Um, and so uh, I think that uh, if you bring a uniform, I'm going to – look at that he said he would he said he would <laughs> all right remember michael um, he listen he's talking shit now listen he to this is, dude. okay
2: <laughs> you he, can wear the sweatsuit like okay. remember something
1: in, michael favor white belt lives don't matter bro <laughs> um but uh, uh um If you bring a uniform, yeah, I'm I'm uh Juanita and stuff's there, and I'm going to work with her a little bit on some stuff anyway. But if you got a uniform, I'd love to get a workout in. I mean, we can roll a couple rounds and and just get a workout in. So
2: yeah, if you want to go,
1: awesome. Just been okay. we'll we'll find a place around there to do that. Okay, okay. I'm sure Faber got a suite anyway. We can go up to his room. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Just bring you know he's he's the high roller. You know Um, he's the Mac Daddy.
2: Okay, I'll I'll be getting there Thursday 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 like afternoon. Okay. Some point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let, yeah. So I'll be there already and uh, I'll reach out to you after this is all done. And then we'll, uh, we'll set some time up, but bring your uniform with you. Cause I'll find time. I'll, I'll we'll find some time to, uh, cause I ain't going to be drinking and partying up, you know, I, I don't do any of that stuff. So, uh, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find some time together. Sound good. Cool. Sounds. Yeah, definitely. All That'd right. be awesome. All right. Well, I will have all this stuff, but we'll have this thing out for, uh, uh, he's oh, really, <laughs> oh, he's, <laughs> eh, he, this is the typical keyboard keyboard warrior right here. I really is. It is. You know what I mean. I'm behind this computer. I'm gonna talk all kinds of shit, and then when we get in Damn. front of them, then it's gonna be a it's gonna be a different animal.
2: Um, I, I have to pay him back for knocking me off that chair in musical chairs. We were playing musical chairs. retreat. He, he bulldozed <laughs> me hard, so he's got some payback coming. This is, I saw that game. I saw it, and I'm thinking to myself.
1: Oh, uh, listen! Listen you. to this. See you for guys you, soon, sweethearts. Oh, Mike. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, Mike. Oh my Be gosh. careful what you wish for. Okay. <laughs> um. So, uh, Rob took a woman out and blamed me.
2: <laughs> is
1: there, that's There's video proof, brother. The video's out there. This is this is what I like. See, and another one I, I like to talk smack with is Jose. <laughs> yeah, i told jose to bring his uniform too because he he is a martial artist mike favor just kind of he's a keyboard warrior he's not really yeah. a martial artist but um you know me he is a black belt he's a black belt and talking shit but yeah, he really is like, so he's proving it right now <laughs> <laughs> so that's good all right well i look forward to it man this is a great this is great rob we'll uh we'll get together this weekend uh, i'll see you guys out i'm getting ready to fly out on uh wednesday i'll see you on thursday and bring a uniform and we'll get some time in together. Sound good? Cool. Great talking to you, Mark. Thanks so much, brother. We'll see you. Thanks, Mike, for chiming in. We'll talk to you guys soon.
0: Bye-bye. See you, Mike. See you. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss,